want to thank ReviewBiz for sponsoring today's episode. By the way, did you know that reviews are today's digital word of mouth? It's also one of the most valuable business and marketing assets you have. If you're not maximizing your review strategy, then ReviewBiz platform can help you. Let ReviewBiz inspire your members to give you your first five reviews for only $1. To get started, just go to reviewbiz.io forward slash try. Don't trust your brain. Write it down. Write it down. Many of us try to remember, and that's draining your brain battery pack. And so it's like, remember, 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 remember. It's taking up space. And so if you write it down, you can now clear that space. So clear it, and that's just by writing it down, getting it off of your head onto paper. So pray about it, seek guidance, and then write it down. Clear your head. Hey, welcome to another great episode of the Gym Owners Growth Zone podcast, the show designed to help gym owners improve and grow their businesses. I'm your host, Andres Escobar, and I'm so grateful to have you join us today. Today, we have Alexis Perkins Powell. Alexis entered the fitness industry in 2009. Since then, she's taught masterclasses globally, co-produced the show Fusion Fitness, acquired body by Alexis Studio, and founded and runs Chair One Fitness. By the way, Chair One Fitness aims to enable activity for those with physical limitations and has expanded to helping assisted living communities worldwide. If this is your first time listening to the show, please consider subscribing to the podcast and share this episode with someone whom you think will enjoy it. As we dive into the episode, listen to how she overcame imposter syndrome with validation from friends. All right, welcome back to the Gym Owners Grow Zone podcast. Today I have Alexis. Thank you for joining us, Alexis. I appreciate you taking the time to share with us your journey as a gym owner and where you are right now. By the way, how did you get here? Tell us a little bit about your story. Well, long story short, I've been in the um, fitness industry since 2009. And I have had the most beautiful journey of dibbling and dabbling in so many different avenues that the wellness industry brings. So I was a group exercise instructor, taught Zumba. I've hosted fitness events. I've taught master classes around the world. I owned a brick and mortar. I did personal training as well, produced and was the lead instructor for a fitness television program, then went into business consulting for fitness professionals, then went to education as far as uh, Chair One Fitness is concerned, to certify others to teach that program. And then diversified with the type of clients I had from the very healthy fit all the way up to seniors and the obese. So it's just been a fun ride, just kind of doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that all within the fitness industry. Even the one random time I competed, but I won't do that again because I was very hungry. Oh my goodness. No, that's not just a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It's a little bit of everything. And I know the audience is going to catch what you're throwing, what you're putting down, right? They're, they're going to pick up what you're putting down. That's, that's the right term. <laughs> so that's awesome. I really appreciate that. If you guys caught that, you know, Chair One uh, Fitness is Alexis, that's her baby. And so she's helping a, a lot of people get fit that are, can't get out of a chair, right? 
tell me a little bit about that. I just love love to just understand that. Well, basically, in a nutshell, for those who are able bodied, when you go into a gym and you think, "What options do I have?" You have yoga, spin, body pump, body combat, Zumba. You can do things with the posu ball. You can do uh, warrior rhythm. You can do so many things. Commit, mix fit, all of the above. You can just go in there and have a good old time, right? But if somebody has complications standing, what options do they have? Not very many. And just because somebody has complications standing doesn't mean they don't deserve fun wellness options too. And that's where we come into play by offering two different things. One, where people can get certified to teach Chair One Fitness. And then it opens up a whole new world of opportunities for instructors and personal trainers. And then also the end users. We have our 30-minute workouts on the app because no matter how many instructors we certified, we realize there's a whole demographic that can't leave their house, whether they're autoimmune compromised, they have complications with transportation. So he said, well, you know what? Let's go ahead and develop the app so they can access fun 30-minute workouts right in the comfort of their own home. So we do a little bit of both. That's great. You know, and that's, if you want to actually expand your reach in your local market, I mean, this is a great opportunity, right? Especially if you have the older community that can't get out of the chair, right? Or, oh, yes. I mean, it's not just for the older community. It's actually, you know, maybe somebody that has some, has some kind of handicap. Okay. Um, and so that's, this is great. This is great. Thanks for sharing that. Listen, I'm going to allow you to, uh, to tell us your story a little bit more, but we really like to jump into the nitty gritty here with a roller coaster ride. And so that roller coaster ride is life. And so in life, you got ups and downs, lefts and rights, same thing with roller coasters. And so what has been your guardrails, your track that helps you stay on, on going, right? You know, it's, it's interesting to me. I, I just realized what gate means. And it's like, it's the track of your foot. And so, yeah. so it's like, I should, I should change that to what's your gate? What, what is your gate, right? And so what is the thing that helps you accomplish your goals? It keeps you on track. Well, I'll say I'm not scared to try new things. I'm not scared to be wrong. I'm not scared to make mistakes. And I'm not scared to fail. And I think that's probably the best thing because you learn so much when you try it. Many of us stay reserved and we want to, you know, it's important to think before you do, but there has to be a moment where you get into action mode. And so as far as like different situations where that happened, I can say all throughout my fitness career, I remember I had gone to the Zumba convention and a guy who only spoke Spanish was telling me about, well, through translation was telling me about uh, Zumba master classes. And then long story short, fast forward, I hosted a class here, had never done it before. They were like, will you host me and pay my way to come there? I said, what, you want me to pay you to come here? And I talked to my friends and I said, I think we should try it. It turned out to be a beautiful event. I was just being the hostess. Well, then he came to my class and he was like, oh, your class is like a mini master class. You should come to France. I was like, huh? So I didn't really believe it. But through my friends translating for me, next thing you know, I agreed to it. And then I saw this flyer that was my face and his face written all in French that Alexis Perkins was coming to France for masterclass. And, you know, my parents and my friends were like, you are a stone cold nut. You mean to tell me that you're going to go to France with a guy who only speaks Spanish to go teach masterclasses? I said, yeah, it's like God said I'd be okay. But then that opened up a whole new world. I went and it was awesome. But it just shows you so much exploring different cultures and things like that. Even some of the things they were doing in Europe, like for their individual classes, like charging per person instead of a monthly rate, 
having party lights up instead of your basic gym studio. I got to watch the setup. Even through language barriers, I got to see and just be immersed in it. So when I came back home, I said, you know what? I wonder if I did that because at the gym, I'm only making $18 a class. But if I had my own studio, what if I flipped it? I just took the whole concept from Europe and it worked. And so we ended up with the whole party vibe, but that was by being a little bit fearless, a little bit crazy and jumping in. But I learned a lot about business while being over there, not through them telling me about business, but just through immersing myself in different situations. And that's happened time and time again. I could keep going on that all day. So I'll just hush that one. Well, I love the story. I really do. But I really want you to unpack things that you do in your life that help you stay on track and the guardrails that help you move forward in your goals. And that's a great goal, like getting out there and, and just experiencing new things. Like, tell me something that, that helps you keep going in, in the right direction, if you could. Well, I look at a lot of others for inspiration and I have this weird theory. I'm like, well, okay, if you think about your parents, you're a lot like them, right? You look like them. You might mm-hmm. have a few of them aneurysms, you know, that's your yeah. parent. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian. So therefore, I'm like, well, if I'm designed by God and if God made that person over there who's very successful at what they do, that means I'm technically qualified to be equally as successful because I was designed by the same higher power. So how far do I want to go? How far do I want to exceed? Because the answer is, is it possible? Yes. They weren't designed any better than me. I just need to figure it out. So it comes from asking, being bold enough to ask a lot of questions, to put it out there what you want. Because even when it came down to starting Share One Fitness, I had gotten it to the point where I just wanted to see if it would be an approved course. I thought it was good, but I wanted that confidence. So when you say, what do you do? I first will notice whatever feeling is holding me back. So I had written out the manual. I thought it was great, but what was holding me back was imposter syndrome. So I was like, what if it's not great? Well, then figure it out. Is it great? So I sent it to about five of my friends who specialized in different things, curriculum. One was a doctor of physical therapy. One had been in the fitness industry for 20 years. I said, can you review this for me? They all sent it back and said, Alexis, I think it's great. But they were my friends. So imposter syndrome creeped in again, which was, did they actually read it? Or did they just say it was good because they're my friend? And I was like, I want to get started, but I still, I want to know. Because when I come out the gate, I want to come out confident. So that's when I first submitted it to NASM and AFA. And I wholeheartedly thought that it was going to get rejected. I would try to contact somebody, see why it was rejected. Then I would fix it. But it got accepted on the first try. And I say, we ready. And it just comes down to what I said, asking the right questions, figuring out what I'm feeling. So it's very in tune with what you're feeling and what's holding you back. So in that case, is this good? Well, that's your question. Find out if it's good. Get this verified. Yeah, love okay? it. Validate it, right? Yeah, like if you need validation, go get it. And then it's, it's, you know, just with so many different things. Like I know one time I had to do a speech and I was the youngest one there, okay? Speaking to people in the industry who were, already in it longer than me. <laughs> and so I was like, you know, things we say to ourselves, are you knowledgeable enough? Are they going to be able to learn from you? Are you going to look like an idiot if you mispronounce something, right? All those things. And so I said, okay, what could I do to call myself? What could I do to get myself confident? And that's when I said, go learn your material a little bit more. Matter of fact, just to double check, type in the dictionary and hit pronunciation. If you are concerned about it, then figure it out. And so those are some of the things I do just to keep pushing. I just acknowledge what's holding me back. And sometimes it's your own thoughts, your own head. And you have to really develop that other part of the brain that always talks back positive. 
So whenever you're like, I don't know if I should open a studio. Well, maybe you should. What's holding you back? What are the pros? What are the cons? And always, oh, my friends know this one. Let's talk it through. That's my thing. Let's talk it through. Let's talk it through. What happens if you do do it? What happens if you don't do it? If you do do it- your head. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just like, get it out, talk it out. And I think that's the main thing because, and then I think the belief system that you are truly, fully capable of anything if you put your your mind to it. I really do. I feel like we're all designed by God. He's a powerful, powerful thing. So once you know that, then you just kind of step out the box a little bit more. And then sometimes if you remember like the purpose, sometimes, you know, we talk to a lot of business entrepreneurs, fitness industry, studio owners, gym owners. I think sometimes when you want to quit or when you want to just tap out, I think when you remember the people that you're positively affecting, because health and wellness is medicine. And when you realize you have the power to affect somebody's life, their physical health and their mental health, that's what you can tap into to keep going when you're like, I don't know. You unpacked a lot for us right there. That's so good. I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, the imposter syndrome, and I never heard it where, hey, validate. You're thinking this, know yourself and go ahead and say, hey, share that with somebody. Say, hey, does this look good to you? Yeah, no, it's fantastic. And it's like, okay, good. Then we'll we'll move forward and let's go. Like I remember when I was starting the podcast and some, you know, I've always thought about it and I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. But people were like, Yeah, yeah, you should do it. You should do it. It's great. You sound great. You sound great. I'm like, oh, okay, great. Let me give it a shot. And I love it. I just it gives me energy. It's so good to meet with people like you and, and just to connect and really share the light out there. So I also believe in God. And so, yeah, no, it's so, so good. I appreciate it. Thanks, Alexis. Well, I think even with your podcast, like you said, like when you got started, I think the other thing is giving yourself a certain amount of time before you quit. I remember I was doing a podcast once and it was not stopped because of me. It was because they had lost a budget or whatever. But so when I first started doing it, I kept getting, I made some mistakes, like maybe saying too much or, you know what I mean? Those filler words or there, I just did it again. And... <laughs> But even when you're interviewing people wondering, am I good enough? Are people going to like this? And then I would get off the podcast and I would feel everybody thought I did great, but I would be tearing myself apart. And it was to the point where I didn't even know if I wanted to log back on, you know, getting used to the sound of your voice, everything like that. And then there was one day that I wanted to quit. And I said, no, no, you will do this for at least six months. You will not quit on yourself. You will give yourself the time to get polished. By the time the show ended, I was missing it. I was like, what do you mean? And so I think like when you give yourself a time frame, I remember even when I was in college, fun fact, I used to be a bartender. So it cost X amount of hundreds of dollars to become a bartender, like a mixologist, right? Sure. And I said, what if you don't like it? I said, you cannot quit being a bartender until you've made back what you spent on it. <laughs> and then once you make back what you spent, you can do what you want to do. And then after that, I was actually... I was making good money in college as bartender, so it worked. Yeah. So I think giving yourself a time frame so that you don't quit prematurely on yourself, because a lot of times people quit when they get uncomfortable. So I think giving yourself a time frame instead of just saying, I'm going to stop if I don't like it. You got to give yourself time to like it. Goal is a beautiful word to hear when you're scoring on the soccer field. This last World Cup was won by Argentina because of one important player. Yeah, you got it. It was the goalie. He secured the win for the team. And in the same way, ReviewBiz platform will catch negative reviews before they go online. In addition, it helps you score and promote 
fresh new reviews so you can crush the competition. So don't let those big box gyms take your clients. ReviewBiz will help you build your online presence and turn your own members into your best sales reps. Get your first five reviews for only $1. All you got to do is go to reviewbiz.io forward slash try to get started. So what you're saying right there, Alexis, is that not being afraid to mess up. That's huge. We only think about that. Like, hey, I'm just going to give my best. My standard is this. And I'm going to, if I mess up, oh, well, I'm going to reiterate and I'm going to make things better. And I just love that a part of your belief system that's like, it's okay, but I'm going to go push forward as best I can. Did I catch that? Did I pick up what you put down there? Yeah, it's definitely true. And I just, because I always feel like the mistake is something to learn from. And I had to stop beating myself up about it. Sometimes others may not show you grace if you make a mistake and that's okay. They just might not be for you. Luckily, I have developed a team of people where we can usually be very open with each other and say, you know what? I don't think your verbiage on that email campaign was actually read wrong. Like one time we put out an email campaign and it was just like age, question mark, achy, arthritis, question mark, stopping you from working out, not anymore. And it's a not anymore but nobody read the not anymore. So when I got the flack from it, it was, you're doing ageism and abilityism. I said, wait, wait, the end of the sentence said not anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and I wanted to like, look at them like, you idiot, that's that's what you want to say. But then you're like, okay, wait a minute. If they didn't read it, that means others didn't read it. Right. And if they were offended by it, potentially others would be offended by it. That means that I can learn from this. So if I want to talk to my aging seniors, if I want to talk to my people with arthritis, if I want to talk to my people who have amputations, let me reverse that sentence. These things won't stop you anymore. Right. And then like arthritis, this and that. And so I was was bothered. Like, what are you coming at me? Because you didn't read. You know, that's what you want to say. But I was like, okay, was it technically it was a mistake or technically not even a mistake, something that could have been done better. And I just had to take the lesson from it instead of the emotion with it. Yeah. Just take the lesson. A learning lesson. I like to call it learning lesson. These are learning yes. lessons. Mistakes are learning lessons, guys. Really? Oh, yeah. so good. It hurts. You got to get used to it. You just got to get course. used to it. Of course. Of course it hurts. It hurts. And the, you have to push forward. You know, one of the books that we like around here is The Obstacle is the Way. And the obstacle okay. comes at you and it's like, oh, am I, it's a wall and Am I going to go through it, above it, around it? How do I do this? How do I go around it? So, you know, it's like uh, you mentioned earlier about giving up and that's like, no, push through it, push through it. I love it. Pushing through mistakes. So, important. Yes. so mistakes happen and there's obstacles. Like I just mentioned, there's challenges in our lives, in your business. Can you share with us how you were able to overcome an obstacle? Maybe even in one of your when you have your, your gym, you told me a story about your gym. That was, that was a pretty interesting obstacle right there. If you want to share that, whatever you want to, honestly. Let's see here. Well, I'll say with the gym, when I, I had a fitness studio and I started off as, I just took the studio over. It was random. I was an instructor there. They were selling it and they came to me and said, hey, we're selling the studio. You got to find somewhere else to teach. And me being a weirdo <laughs> was like, oh, well, who takes the building? They're like, goes back to the property owner. I said, I'll take it. They're like, you? I was like, yeah, why not? I didn't know what I was getting into. 
I just knew that I had wanted to go deeper into entrepreneurship. So then the property owner called me. He's never met me because remember, the other people were the owners. And he gets me on the phone and he boldly says, the reason why they're not owning a studio anymore is because they have not paid rent in three months. And if they weren't successful, what makes you think you're going to be successful? Just bold question he asked. And wow. I said, because out of all the classes that they had at the studio, I was the most successful. And I'm going to take that same principles that I had for that class and turn it into the whole thing. So instantaneously owner. All right. That's when you have to develop staff team members. The one thing I wasn't good at at the time was that direct communication from boss to your team. And then I had to learn communication skills. While I was learning those communication skills, I literally don't have time to pick up a book and read. So I downloaded everything on Audible. And while I was driving, while I was working out, I was listening to John C. Maxwell, the art of the laws of this, the laws of that. And I was reading other books, the science of lockability, how to manage the team, team management, personality management. And just to help me out, I hired a manager because she was good with people. And she knew that no matter what I said, she wouldn't take offense to it. So that was the middleman. And that was great because it helped the relationships with all of us to where they felt more comfortable talking to her. I could just be a straight shooter, not have to sugarcoat everything like you have to do with your team. So it was learning how to talk to people and also getting a person in place to assist with that. But the whole brick and mortar life is crazy in general. I think the one thing I tell all fitness owners just because I had no idea, nobody told me this. And that was, I owned it because I wanted to be the boss of a fitness studio. But when you are a solopreneur, you walk into, hey, Alexis, we're out of toilet paper. Alexis, there was a spider. You have to call the exterminator. Alexis, the AC isn't working. You have to get the HVAC repaired all the way down to the worst story ever where I got a phone call from one of my instructors. I'm not even at the studio this day. They're freaking out. And I'm like, what is going on? He's like, oh my God, you won't believe it. I was like, what happened? Maggots fell out of the ceiling. I said, what? Oh no. What? And then, so I was like, I told my husband, he was like, I'm going to go see what's happening. A rat had gotten into the ceiling that had died and decomposed. And in the middle of class, maggots start to fall onto a student. Nobody told me about this when you were going to own a studio. Nobody said you have to have exterminators. And that anything can happen at any given point in time, all the way down to simple stuff. And I'll be bold. If you have women in your studio, oh, God forbid the day that somebody's having their menstrual cycle and they don't wipe it off the toilet seat. I did not sign up for this. Oh, man. Honestly, like, so the reason why I say it so boldly is because I feel like if you're prepared, then you won't be caught off guard like I was. Like, you know, I'm going to have to hire somebody to come in and clean. Maybe I should be proactive and get an exterminator at quarterly, you know? And also being ready for anything at any given moment. Like you have to be ready to move. You have to be just very nimble. You have to be open-minded and nimble because granted, everybody loved our studio. I loved our studio. It was a happy, happy, happy place. I didn't even close it till 2019. But the stories of the things as the owner, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. You close at the right time. I, I remember that that part of your story, like you sold it at the right time. You I did. worry about it before uh-huh. on that 2020 glorious yep. days. That was just right there too. Like literally everybody said, why are you closing studio? I was like, I just feel like it's time. I couldn't explain the feeling, but I was like, I just feel in my heart and my bones that it's time. And then luckily, like literally six months later, COVID hit. Yeah. And you guys I don't know. just catch what, what Alexis said earlier. It's she had the right person. She had a 
one somebody in the middle, right? If, if you're managing every one of your team members, then it's gonna you know rub people the wrong way because you're gonna be very strong, passionate about your business. And so if you have somebody in the middle, it's always great to do that. So I love that. That's how you overcame the obstacles, the challenges of owning a gym. So thank you so much for that. That was clear. So issues happen and fitness industry is not clear from it, right? So what is one of the biggest issues you see the fitness industry has right now? And what would you like to for it to overcome? Like what, what do you think needs to be done so it's not an issue anymore? Like I'm giving you a magic wand, Alexis, and you wave it and you boom, done, changed. What is that? You know, just the climate of the world and different personalities is so different right now. So I think what might boil down to is being confident in your authenticity, meaning who are you and what do you want to do? For example, a lot of times people are so caught up in diversification, diversification to where all the waters are muddy to cross. Now, I know I'm diverse, but actually I work with people of complication standing, which means that if you're running marathons, you're probably not my client or my customer right, right. now. Maybe if you want to be an instructor, you are, but you're not my end user. And I think when you get authentic with the people who you want to work with and you want to care for, that's when everything steps up. For example, when I first started teaching group exercise, I was much younger, okay? And my instructor at the time was much older than me. She was, I was probably 20 something and she was probably closer to 60. And she was the cutest Southern blonde haired, blue eyeliner wearing white lady. And she would say, come on, girls, shake it. And we were at a YMCA and her class was packed. And I was just one of her happy students. I went in there and I had a great time. She could have told me to do anything and I would have. Like when we had our first parade and all of us got to wear Zumba t-shirts. So then it was time for me to get certified. And I thought to myself, well, if she's like 50 something and older, if she has 60 students, of course I can blow this out the park. I mean, I got the stamina, I got the moves. Whoa, was I wrong? So the first thing, she had me come in and teach one of her classes while she got to just observe. And three people walked out immediately. I was doing the same routines that she was doing. Yeah, they didn't like me. They had this thing where it was like, no, she's, she's moving too fast. This is, oh, it's the same routine. So then after class, she had the students stay, critique me. And it was polar opposite. I loved it. I thought it was too fast. I thought it was too slow. I liked this routine. I couldn't stand that routine. And I'm sitting here with these polar opposite thoughts coming at me. And being that I was a little bit younger and I was in tip-top shape at the time, I ended up teaching at One Life Fitness, which is our big box gym. That's the stereotypical gym where you've got like meatheads and the sexy ladies and the little shorts coming in there every week. That was the One Life, like almost like an LA fitness, kind of like that. Yeah. I thrived there because I fit the demographic. When I was at the YMCA, she thrived because she was relatable. Meaning if this 50-something-year-old woman can do it, I can too. She motivated them without saying a word. I didn't have that look to give that kind of motivation. So therefore, for me, I had to go to where fit bodies were, where the student's lens is different. It's not like if she can do it, I can do it. It was like, if she looks like that and I want a body like that, let me go take that class because we fit up in here. And they took a lot of pride and jumping up and doing all the things. Almost like when you think about CrossFit, they take a lot of pride. Where they take, oh man, let them do that that crazy box jump thing. They they're they're pride driven. So I think that when you understand your audience without any shame, like just know who your people are. Some people are going to be motivated differently. Find your lane and embrace the people who are there. 
And I know a lot of people think it's bad that like this one gym had like a criteria. They wanted their fitness searches to look fit. Other people's were like, we want them to look relatable. And it's just kind of, where's my tribe? Find your people, find your purpose, find your why, find who you like, you can enhance and connect with and not sticking into one box. And I would say, I can't wave a wand on the world, but I just think acceptance for people wherever they are. There's no shame in being fit. There's no shame in being on your way to being fit. Yeah. There is no shame in not starting yet. (laughs) Yeah. Got it. Okay. I was like, I'm trying to find, well, where's the issue? I'm not seeing the issue. And you got it. You hit it right there at the end. And it's like acceptance. If the fitness industry can just accept people where they are, hey, listen, you're here. Where do you want to go? There, 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 there. Okay, great. This is the path. Let's go. Move forward. And don't stop. Don't stop. If you get hurt, don't stop. Keep moving. I have my my massage therapist says, uh, motion is lotion, you know, for your joints and everything. Rest is rust. That's what he says. And that's like, you got to keep moving. You got to keep moving. And that's so important. Yeah. As we age, movement is even more important. More so now, like, it's funny because when I talk about when I was in my 20s at the big box gym, yeah. my motivation and my style has totally changed. I used to be to work out to look good. And now it's, I work out to feel good. Right. Like a big difference. It's, it's, a, big it's, difference. A, big, it's a big, big. So the evolution, I think, of everybody that's, that's yeah. starting to work out. Yeah, exactly. So let me ask you this. In your journey, there's things that helped you grow and there's things that didn't help you grow. What would be something that you would say, hey, I wish I would have done this sooner so I could grow this piece, this strategy helped me grow or hey, this thing, if I would have just removed it and gotten out of the way, it would have catapulted my, my growth. Either or you can answer however you like, but just what would have been something that you would have done sooner or removed sooner from your life? For me, well, the one thing I would say is being the owner of a gym or right now being like, you know, the founder of Chair One Fitness, never forgetting to remember that your community of people are people. Sometimes as like the boss, we get caught up in the business and then we forget to check on all the people. Like you're like, I got to run the business here. I'll worry about that later, you know? And I think that remembering to check in with your team members, remembering your team members' birthdays, remembering to let your students and clients feel seen and heard. And I know sometimes when you are running everything, you have a sense of entitlement. Like, well, I don't have to check in. They should understand that I'm busy. They should understand the stress that I'm under. They don't need me. I got to handle these finances over here. They can wait because you are so caught up in keeping everything together. But honestly, I feel like I wish I would have put the people first sooner. And I do now. And I'll tell you, because we talked about it with like the manager situation. If you don't have the capacity to take care of people, assign somebody on your team to do so, which is what I needed help. So therefore, I got one of my team members to be that kind of community ringleader. And she checks in with everybody. Everybody all right? Everybody all right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. HR, HR, human resources, you know? Yeah. And when you're smaller, you're not going to have that, a whole department, but you can have a person. A person, um, yeah. Even if it's something that you put on your calendar. Like I literally have twice a month. I know it's going to sound so lame. I don't know what's going to happen to my friends to hear this, but I literally have like twice a month on my calendar that says check on friends. Yeah. Because I'll forget. Right. Now the question, do you have check on friends and you have the list of your friends that you need to check off so you can check off? Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Like you don't even think about it. Like, oh, yeah. which friends am I checking out? No, it's right there. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, done. And so that would be the thing. As far as 
good things. And this one is not for everybody, but when people have a product or a service that's on a local scale, that's cool. But if you're able to do anything virtually, that opens you up to the world. And that's how Chairwalk Fitness has been able to succeed is because we went from going from city to city to going virtual. And that took us literally over like we're 28 states and nine countries. And that was because we went virtual. It does come with other hurdles, but it's really nice to know that you're making an impact to other people around the world. That's so good. I love it. Like bringing in that person to help you connect with your team members a lot better is, is huge. Because the, the culture that you have for your business, because the, the culture that you build for your business is also the culture that you're going to have for your customers, right? Mm-hmm. And so everyone's like, great, great place to work at. Awesome. They're going to exude it to the customer. So it's, I love it. All right. So we have arrived at the fast five right now. I'm going to ask you five okay. questions and you just answer them and we go next. Answer okay. next. All right. Who is an influential person or people in your business journey? Oh, God. Tim Ferriss. God, there you go. <laughs> Don't just go. <laughs> no, 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 no. Go, no, no. You can answer something. <laughs> Tim Ferriss, author of the, the four-hour work week. It just oh, talks yeah. about, yeah, that's my dude. His principles can be applied to all businesses, but it's basically like, I'm not waiting till 65 to enjoy my life. How can I run my business and enjoy my life at the same time? Love Tim Ferriss. Actually, interesting fact, his birthday is the same day as mine. And I, oh. I don't mean I don't mean same birthday, birth year. Like we were born on the same day. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's yeah. so it's cool. It's cool. What's one thing you wish you had known when you began your business? Honestly, not to get all like biblical, but you can. It's all good. If you have I would say to trust God for giving you the desire in your heart. And then when hurdles come, don't freak out and get scared because you're gonna figure it out. If you're having high moments of anxiety then that means you're not trusting God enough with the desire you put in your heart. Trust a little more, stress mm. a little less. It's going to be okay. I promise you it's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So good. Woo. She's coming in hot, guys. Coming in hot. Love it. Next one is, what's a book, blog, podcast, or a media you've recently consumed that has positively impacted you? The most recent book that I completed was Small Business Flight Plan. Okay. That's the one I most recently finished. And it's very, very good. It was recommended to me from one of my friends who is also an entrepreneur and a lawyer and used to be a pastor. And he was he saw me at Starbucks and said, hey, Alexis, I had to read this book. You need to check it out. And I was like, what is it? And it is the uh, Small Business Flight Plan. I just finished it. And the only reason why I have not read another book is because I said, before I read another book, I'm going to take notes on this one. And I just want to, matter of fact, it's called How to Grow Your Small Business by Donald Miller. Donald Miller. Oh, yeah. Donald Miller's a great dude. And he goes over the small business flight plan. That's the whole lineup of the book. Like what's your engine? What's your wing? It's very nice. Another good book is Story Brand by Donald Miller. Yeah. Great. Oh, he talks about that in his book. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. I love it. All right. Next question. Do you have a favorite online tool? No, I hate online. (laughs) <laughs> no, um, I don't, well, I, w- I would say if there is a favorite online tool that I have, being that I started off a business as a single mom and I literally had to be a baller on a budget, if I had to choose anything, I'm going to choose the stuff that makes resources available to entrepreneurs at a low cost to get started. So if it's Canva for basic graphic design work, 
if it's Fiverr, if you need to hire somebody for $10 to get started. So it's not like they're even like, oh my God, the best programs, but they are good programs to get started because when you're starting your business, you don't have all the revenue up front. And I love when people get started because like I said, as a single mom starting a business, I needed those simple resources. Oh yeah. No, Canva is fire. Like serious, like for like less than $10, you get five users. Like, come on. That's yes. wild. That's wild. And and all the things it does. Oh, come on. I, yeah, I, I agree. Cedric. I double down on that. Double click. All right. Last fast five question is what's one habit or practice that you believe everybody would benefit from? So many. Well, I pray. That's the first one. Pray. Pray. We got to pray, pray just to make it today. Come on. Because yeah, we pray. pray. I would say prayer is the foundation, but I would say don't trust your brain, write it down. And you got something to do, write it down, write it down. Yeah. Because I know some people already know this and others don't. Many of us try to remember and that's take that's draining your brain battery pack. And so it's like, remember, 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 I got to walk the dog today. I got to walk the dog today. And you're holding on to it. It's taking up space. And so if you write it down, you can now clear that space and focus. I always equate it to my phone with all of the, um, you know, it drains your battery when you have all your apps. Right. Yeah. The RAM, it, it takes up the RAM. It's the, the random access memory. And if you clear your RAM, then you're great. You can function really yeah. easily. So out, clear it. And that's just by writing it down, getting it off of your head onto paper. That would probably be my thing. So pray about it, seek guidance, and then write it down. Clear your head. I'm going to double click on this because I actually, in college, I took a microprocessing course. I was a computer a science engineer. And there we took microprocessing and the professor told us that his cousin memorized the dictionary and later on he had like a brain aneurysm and it was like, it's not meant for that. Your, your brain is not meant to store so much memory. It's meant to process yes, no, good, bad, friend, foe. That's the type of stuff that it's made for. So I agree 100% that you should write it down. And pray, right? Release it to God. Let him take it. There's a book also. I forget which one it is because I've listened to so many. I think it was, I don't know if it was by the Mount Saki guy or not. But either way, he was talking about when they, there was a reference to, there was this guy on a trivia show or Jeopardy. Uh And he was getting everything right. Everything right. And then in this audio book, the guy who's watching the TV is talking to like his son or something. And he says, how useful would a guy like that be in your business? And then he was just like, well, I think he'd be very useful. He was like, nope, I would never hire him. He was like, but he just like won Jeopardy. He was just like everything he just, that he just regurgitated. I could just Google it. I don't need somebody who can just memorize information. I need somebody who could think. And that's what it's So, oh, yeah. so true. I, I would, you know, those are A players that are able to take a project and run with it and think and make it grow. Right. Yeah. So I love it. That's it. That's fast five. Well, I do have one last question. I, okay. It's one of my favorite. So Alexis, I also, not only do I have a magic wand, but I also have a time machine. So time machine, we're going to go back in time. And we're going to visit 16 year old Alexis. Well, on. What is a piece of advice that you would give 16 year old Alexis? Let's see here. For a well, 16 year old Alexis, I would say to enjoy the moments and the successes. I know we've all, you might be this kind of person. And if you are, then when I say this, you're going to be like, oh my God, I know what you mean. 
you know, when you accomplish one thing, you don't even bask in the glory of it. You're already on to the next thing and you're not actually living in the moment. And then when you look at all the things that you've done, the fun times that you've had, the people you got to meet, it all feels like a blur because you weren't present. You know, like, so for me being 16, I was always so get it done, get it done, get it done, get it done. I got to do this. I got figured out. I got to work hard. I can't enjoy anything. I'm busy. I'm focused. I'm motivated. And I wish that I would have given myself enough grace to experience the joy and to take some of the pressure off. Once again, it's going to be okay. It's been a fun ride getting here, but sometimes I wish I hadn't had so much stress along the way. That was all self-induced, by the way. (laughs) And so, yes, I would say enjoy the moments that lead to the successes more. Enjoy the process more because even when I think about when I hosted the Love Fest, which was like the largest dance fitness event in Virginia. And when I think back, being on the stage was fun, right? The big day. But all the practices that led up to it, all the rehearsals, all of the dinners, all of the conversations, that's where the fun was happening. And I think that enjoying the journey of wherever, don't forget to enjoy the process because the joy and success only last a minute, but the joy in the process is what lasts a lifetime. That's probably what I would think. Boom, bringing it home. Alexis, thank you so much for joining us here. This has been a really good interview. I know everybody's going to love it. So thank you so much. Thank you. Man, that was such a fun episode. I really enjoyed what Alexis said about being okay with mistakes by pushing through them. What was your favorite takeaway from the episode? I want you to connect and share a message with me on Instagram with the tag Meet Esco. I would love to hear your thoughts. And I want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the episode today. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show on the platform you're currently listening on. And remember to leave us a rating and review so we can improve the show for you guys. And the feedback helps us so much. It would also mean the world to us. Also check out this content on YouTube and get a lot more strategies, ways to improve your sales and marketing. And of course, social proof. So as always, I wanna thank you so much for the encouragement. I truly appreciate you listening to the podcast and helping us improve with your comments. And I'll be seeing you next time in the growth zone. Our show today was brought to you by our incredible team, starting with production from TSE Studios, music consulting by Tyler Schmeling, our lovely guest coordinator, Anna Ponce, and focus juice from our project coordinator, Mauricio Murillo, and myself, Andres Escobar, as the host. Thanks to ReviewBiz for sponsoring this episode. And if you want to get the most out of your review strategy, then go to reviewbiz.io forward slash try so you can get your first five reviews from your real members for only $1.